We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the LakersNation.com podcast. I am Trevor Lane. It is game day. Lakers versus Knicks tonight. Joining me on the show today is Sean Davis. Sean, we got a game tonight. It feels like it's been longer than it really has. It's been just a few days, but I think that Spurs loss, it's just been kind of prolonging the agony. The fact that the Lakers had two days off between. We've had too much time to stew over that Spurs loss. I hope the team feels the same way and they come out a little extra motivated tonight against the Knicks because I'm still bothered by what we saw in San Antonio. Yeah, um, it, it does feel really, really long, doesn't it, since we've last seen a Lakers game. And hopefully the Lakers come out tonight against the Knicks, play pissed off, and hopefully it results to a win. They uh, you know, right the wrongs of that Spurs loss. You know, part of it is... That game, I don't even know if I can call it really a Lakers game because it just it sure didn't feel like the same team that we've seen. And I guess, you know, we do need to get into the injury report. We'll get into the Lakers versus Knicks matchup. But let's start there. I mean, the Lakers, they they win the in-season tournament. That's got fans excited. Everybody is fired up. Everybody's, you know, making a big deal out of it. And rightfully so. It's a, It's a big accomplishment to be the first ever tournament champions here for the NBA. There's going to be a banner going up. Some people may not like that, but there's going to be a banner going up in crypto.com arena. Uh, And then they follow that up. We said that there would be kind of a, a letdown after that. I wasn't expecting it to be quite like this though. You go one and two on a road trip, a three game road trip that goes Dallas, San Antonio, San Antonio, which means you lost a game to the Spurs, which seemed all but impossible to do. Was this worse than you were expecting in terms of the energy letdown that we knew was coming after the tournament? Uh, yeah, I thought worst case scenario. I think a lot of people thought worst case scenario for this team would be two and one. Mm-hmm. But obviously that didn't happen. But um, yeah, I, I think part of it is you dealt with some unfortunate injury luck the past two games. I do think that plays a factor. I'm not trying to give the team an excuse or bail the team out or whatever. Right, but I mean, this last game you missed Cam Reddish, you missed D'Angelo Russell, you missed Anthony Davis. So right there by itself, I mean, you of course still missed Gabe uh, Gabe Benson, but you missed your most efficient ball screen guy this season, like analytical, like metrically, and D'Angelo Russell. Then you missed mm-hmm. your, your the, the one of the best screen setters in in pick and roll men in the NBA, and Anthony Davis. 
And we saw him. Mean, we looked at the numbers on the post-post game show, and that was the Lakers' worst ball screen attack all year long. And the Lakers are a heavy ball screen team. So um, I, I think I'm mean, going to give him some slack there. But, I mean, ultimately, the energy in both San Antonio games and throughout portions like the third quarter, if I recall correctly, of the first game, and really the entire game the second uh, on the, the second half, excuse me, the second game of the series, if you will, was completely off. So um, you got a big seven-game stretch come up here mm-hmm. where you have the opportunity to kind of, you know, right some wrongs and get back to playing winning basketball because there's a lot of overreactions on social media right now, as there always will be when you're the Lakers. But New York, you got a three-game road trip against Chicago, Minnesota, OKC. Then you got the big one, Christmas Day against Boston, Charlotte, and then a back-to-back Minnesota, New Orleans to round up the year. So you have an opportunity here to still go get some get some meaningful wins to uh, round out your new year nicely. Now, Max Christie talked about this recently, about how difficult the schedule has been just by in terms of bouncing all over the place. They uh, They were in Vegas. They came back home for a day. And then they're back out on the road. They go to Texas for for the week, and then they and now they're going to come back against the Knicks, and then right back out on the road. The I mean, besides the 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 quality of the teams that they're having to play, but the travel schedule has been pretty difficult in December. I think that's starting to wear on the team. LeBron had some comments where he basically he said, you know, this team is not built to be without three starters. That surprised me a little bit because I felt like this team was built around depth. Um, but he does have a, particularly when one of those starters is Anthony Davis, right? Like that, every team is going to have its breaking point, even deep teams. But I kind of wondered, and I talked about this on yesterday's show, whether or not that was a commentary on the quality of the Lakers depth. And if that was something he felt was, was lacking, or if it's just a simple statement, Hey, we, we need to have three of our starters need, need to be there. I, what do you think? I mean, is this, is this team just maybe not as deep? as we thought they were going to be, or is the, is it just a fact that three starters being out, particularly when two of them, I guess, are D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Davis, that's that's a lot to overcome for any team, even a team like the Lakers that we thought going into the season was going to be pretty deep. Uh, no, I, I don't take any problem with the statement for LeBron. I think uh, if you if you look at the, the, the Nuggets, for example, right, you, you take Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., and kcp off that team and say hey go blow out or not even blow but like go win an, uh, an nba game against an nba team that's healthy they're gonna struggle even with nicole Jokic on the floor even with aaron gordon on the floor so it's not like and jamal murray's awesome michael Porter jr's awesome but it's not like we're talking about say hey look go uh take tyus jones delon wright and uh Isaac Okoro or whatever off the floor and <laughs> it's hard to think of another piston <laughs> <laughs> like we're not we're not talking about just replacing three random dudes and I, I apologize for the random stray I threw at those three guys but we're talking about replacing a top 10 player that's a starter your best you know pick and roll player like I mentioned earlier in terms of like ball handling ability off the floor and a one of your more surprising players in a positive way, and Cam Rush, who's also been mm-hmm. your until Vandos came back, and Vando hasn't had the sample size yet because he's still on limited minutes, but probably your best perimeter defender in Cam Reddish. So I think in a, in a normal scenario, for, I'm not even gonna say that, but in a normal scenario, can you maybe lose three rotation players? Sure, the Lakers missed 
three starters, plus Vando isn't all the way back, plus yeah. Gabe Vincent isn't playing all the way. And at, like, at all. At <laughs> He's all. not playing at all. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's true. That and then and then Rui, I really think the, the mask it, it, it's holding him back. And like you can see it. Um, so it, like yes, they have Vando, yes, they have Rui, but kind of, right? Like they're there, they're president accounted for, but they're like 80% of yeah. what you would normally be. And that's, you know, a rough estimate, um, which I guess leads us to, to this, because I think you're right. Maybe there should be a, a designation here that, you know, three rotation players, the Lakers could probably withstand three starters, particularly if those starters are Anthony Davis, D'Angelo Russell, and maybe part of this is credit to Cam Reddish, how quickly he's become indispensable for this team. Um, but this leads us to the injury report in tonight's game. Now I did, Sean, let me tell you, I did yesterday, I did two separate Knicks shows. Um, Knicks-based shows because they wanted to preview Lakers-Knicks. And they brought me on to talk about the Lakers and where they're at. And I said on those shows, it looks like the Lakers are going to be fully healthy for the first time um, this season, that they should have everybody back. And then the, the injury, injury report, report came out. <laughs> uh, like 12 hours later, the injury report came out. And this is what it says. D'Angelo Russell and Jared Vanderbilt are probable. Now, I would expect both of them to play. D'Lo's non-COVID illness. Vando is low back spasms. Probable. They're, they're gonna, I'm not going to worry about them. Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Christian Wood are questionable. AD is the hip issue. LeBron is his calf contusion, which he's going to be listed as questionable with a calf contusion, I bet, the remainder of the season. Christian Wood, though, non-COVID illness. So now Christian Wood is sick. Then Jalen hood Shafino, low back spasms. He's out. Gabe Vincent, out. Still dealing with left knee effusion. Was he supposed to be back? Yes. So that's that's where maybe we should start all this because we need to talk about all. Again, there was the projection was everybody was going to be back. I said on these shows, you know, Jalen Hood Shafino may not be back, but that's still he's not really a rotation player for the Lakers. So in terms of the rotation guys, we were expecting everybody to play. Now Gabe Vincent is out. Shams Tarania said just a few days ago that Gabe Vincent was aiming for this game. I think it was about a week ago. Today, against the Knicks, this was the game he was aiming for to make his return, yet here he is on the injury report as out. I guess it's possible they could update it in the morning and, and he could be changed to, you know, to doubtful or something like that. But right now he's listed as out. Um, what are you thinking? Because a lot of Lakers fans were very upset when they saw that because this was, it was okay, this is the date he's returning. How do you take this? Um, for one, it sucks for, for Gabe. I mean, I, I, I didn't see any of the reactions on Twitter, but I, I can assure you just from like assuming how Gabe Vincent thinks as a professional athlete, he probably wants to play. <laughs> I can imagine you sure. that he's, he's pretty frustrated with this whole process himself as much as we Laker fans are. So for one, I, I hope he is, he is close to returning from, from this injury as soon i mean when did he get hurt was it sacramento like the fourth was, game of the year uh, or something? He, he yeah he played four games of the season and that was it orlando so it, might, it would have been orlando um so i i hope he's you know close to returning um that that all my my initial reaction when you were saying that trevor is does he play on the road trip and if he doesn't then it's 
Are you bringing him back against Boston next week? <laughs> oh, no, right? I, mean, I think no the answer way. should be no. You don't do That's that. That's my point. I think you're setting him up for failure by doing yeah. that, to be quite honest with you. So it's when you bring Gabe back then, right? Do you bring him on a three-game road trip where one night is a is a back-to-back, right? Oh, you, you definitely play him against Chicago. And then you and you could bench him the next couple of games if you want to, but you play him against Chicago and you and you say, look, Chicago, he's totally fine. He's totally you def- fine. You definitely want to trade Alex Caruso for, for him. <laughs> you want JHS too? Okay, I, okay. <laughs> My bad, JHS. But um, we won't even make them get on the plane. Let's, let's go. Just stay here. Oh, it is Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Stay, stay here. Just Alex. Alex is familiar where we we parked the jet at. <laughs> AC, here's the keys, buddy. <laughs> LeBron walks up to Alex Caruso, puts his arm around him, and says, "Hey, come walk with me. You no, you you guys stay over there. You come stay on, over AC. There. <laughs> we, we're, we're going. JHS you're coming to Minnesota to be, with us. JHS is just trying to be super happy and giddy. Hey, we're going to Minnesota, right, Bron? No, wait, no. You and <laughs> Gabe stay here. Go, go. It would be a James Harden incident all over again. Security would stop them from getting on the plane. Um, anyway, we're 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 off. We're off on a tangent. So, but Gabe Vincent coming back, there were a lot of Lakers fans saying that say, well, the, the the name Kendrick Nunn was coming up a lot in the responses I was seeing on social media. There was a lot of frustration, and a lot of that frustration was being directed at the Lakers. And I thought that was what? a mistake. Like at the Lakers saying, saying. The Lakers said he's coming back. No, they didn't. The Lakers Shams never said, said that. Shams <laughs> said that. And I don't think Shams is just making that up out of the blue. Obviously, sure. he's getting it from somewhere. But that somewhere isn't necessarily the Lakers. He could be getting sure. that from an agent. He could be getting that from somebody else. But nonetheless, a lot of the frustration was the Lakers said he was coming back. And so first of all, I think we need to correct that. The Lakers did not say he was coming back that game. This was coming from Shams Tarani that said he was targeting that game. And, I, and again, I believe Shams used the word targeting, didn't say for sure he's coming back that game. But still, uh, he it appears that Gabe Vincent is still going to be out. And the frustration just continues to grow that he's not available to play. And um, again, hopefully he, he gets back soon. Hopefully he can play. Maybe it's the next game because I'd have to imagine the return is, is coming soon, but Trevor just wants him to play in Chicago. Like he's being selfish right now. <laughs> just, just play him and just showcase him for the, for the bulls. Um, Give but then LeBron and, and Anthony Davis, I've got a lot of fans on social media that are, uh, upset that LeBron and AD are listed as questionable LeBron. I'm not worried about at all. He's listed as questionable every single game. I think that's going to be a thing. For the remainder of the season, Anthony Davis, though, think there's any chance they actually sit him against the Knicks? I don't think so. I think I think we're reaching the same territory with AD as we're, we're yeah. with with LeBron now. And kudos to you for calling that back in late October, whenever this first <laughs> calf thing came up, saying, "Yeah, we're gonna probably see LeBron in the injury report all year." I think we're getting pretty close to that with AD until you get an extended break, so maybe like the All Star break or whatever. If AD declines playing or whatever and he just gets to fully rest um I, we're, we're probably just gonna see ad's name on the injury report all year too um but i mean i am excited for ad if that makes sense because he's gotten what four days off now to really just mm-hmm. focus on resting up and getting the the hip and that whole basically side i think it's the hip and the ankle on the same side yeah. right um so 
hopefully he was able to use the last four days to rest. I know they're, they're they've been back in LA. The that that that's just super weird being in Texas for a week. Like that that's too much for me. Dallas and then San Antonio for a few nights in a row. Ill. Too much Texas. Um, yeah, that's, that's just too much. Like three days is the limit for me, and you 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 breached that. So. Um, yeah, I'm not worried about AD. I'm not worried about Braun either. I think we're just at that point in the season. Sean versus Texas. All right. Well, Sean versus Taco. Sean versus Texas. I think it's got to be a backstory here. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that I, I agree. I think they're going to play. And the, but then you get to the fact that he's still AD is still questionable. That's that's you know that's going to be some cause for concern. And, it, and given the injury status of this team over the course of the season so far. People are getting frustrated with that in general. So to see LeBron and AD both is questionable. That wasn't received well. But then Christian Wood added. And so <laughs> I, saw, was the I, I did these, I did these Knicks shows, right? And when I told them that, hey, the 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 Lakers are probably going to be fully healthy for the first time all season, at least that's the way it's looking. Both shows, the host kind of with threw their hands up, rolled their eyes, said, Of course. Because it's always against us that everybody gets healthy. I went, huh, that sounds familiar. Um, but yeah, they were not not pleased. Now you look at this, though, and suddenly Christian Wood's on the injury report. And this is just, it's been this has been the whole season so far. Every time somebody comes back, every time somebody, like I think LeBron and AD, despite being questionable, I think they're going to play. But now suddenly Christian Wood's got something going on. Next game, it's going to be somebody else is suddenly going to have something else going on. Christian Wood is is dealing with an illness. He got sick. And I'm not going to fault Christian Wood for getting sick. Tis the season. It's the time of the year, right? People get sick this time of year. Um, maybe when you're traveling all over the place and, and all of that, that can be a contributing factor too. But yeah, it just feels like it's one more thing. Um, if Christian Wood can't go and the Knicks are a pretty good offensive rebounding team, that pretty good. They're number one. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're great. Now, they did lose Mitchell Robinson. So sure. That, I think, does diminish some of their powers on the offensive glass because he's phenomenal there. But that puts more pressure on Jackson Hayes. And I'm pretty sure just by being listed on the active roster, Jackson Hayes automatically gets whistled for a foul uh, before the game's even started. Just just chalk one up because he he seems to Jeez. pick up fouls like like crazy. He's, he's picking up fouls like I've been buying those little Reese's trees every time I pass by them in the supermarket. Um, which has been, which means I now have a <laughs> you, don't, you don't know these things? They're fantastic. Have you not tried? Like, you know how they've got everything is all Christmasized right now, right? Right. And you go, you go to the grocery store and you go down the candy aisle, which I have to walk to in order to get to, you know, like the stuff that I, that I need to, that's on my shopping list to walk right. past it. And they've got these fantastic little Reese's makes their, you know, their Reese's peanut butter cups but they're shaped into Christmas trees and I just can't help. I just keep grabbing a bag of them and they're, they're phenomenal. Um, they're a great part of, of Christmas. And so I am picking these, these things up like Jackson Hayes picks up fouls, which is, which is all the time. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a real problem, like, Sean. Five thousand. What was it? 17 minutes the other night. Yeah. His foul per minute ratio has to be <laughs> insane. It's 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 absurd at, at this point with him, and it's and it's not even like I'm complaining about the officials. He just fouls a lot. He just fouls. He's uh going against the grain. The Lakers are that they've been the past couple of years the team that's uh 
been one of the better teams to defending without fouling? Nope. Now with Jackson Hayes on your team, you're not. No, he's not been good at that. He just keeps bringing his arms forward. Every time he goes up, he tries to do the verticality thing, yeah. but then brings his arms forward. Like he almost like he can't help himself. Yeah. And, uh, and he gets, and he rightly gets whistled for a foul on it. But uh, so let's, let's talk about that. This let's assume LeBron and AD play tonight against the Knicks. Let's assume D'Lo and Jared Vanderbilt play both listed as, as probable. Gabe Vincent is out. Jalen Hochefino is out. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What does this matchup look like and how worried about the offensive glass are you? Because that's been a weakness of the Lakers, a strength of the Knicks, but they just lost Mitchell Robinson. I think he's like 8 to 10 weeks. It's either 8 to 10 or 10 to 12 due to ankle surgery. Let's start there. How worried are you about the glass? Uh, I'm a little less worried about an after look at some stuff. So for one, the Knicks on the year, they've been the best offensive rebounding team in the league, like I mentioned, but... Over the past, I think Mitchell Robinson's missed five games now. Uh, maybe I'm you know, wrong, but I want to say it's five games. And over the past five games, the Knicks have dropped from the best offensive rebounding team to the ninth best offensive rebounding team. And somehow, who's at 13th? The Los Angeles Lakers. They've somehow been a pretty good offensive rebounding team recently. Um, the defensive glass, the Knicks have plummeted. If you look at the last 10 games, so the second worst defensive rebounding team, and in the last five, they're ranked 25th in the league. The Lakers are the fourth best defensive rebounding team. So the Lakers overall ninth in the league in rebounding percentage. The Knicks are 20th. So I'm less concerned about the rebounding and the glass stuff than I've been probably all year or for, for this Lakers team, regardless of the matchup, I think they've started to, to figure it out a little bit. And it, it does help you as the Lakers that Mitch Robinson is out for this game. Like Trevor mentioned, one of the best uh, just players on the glass in the NBA and, you know, not having him is a huge blow to the Knicks, but you still got to cover the glass. You, you just can't give this Knicks team 
extra opportunities. They got to be one and done. And I think, and I mean, I'm sure we've talked about this in the past, Trev, but I think the most demoralizing, like gut punching play in basketball is giving up an offensive rebound. Like you work so hard, you work for 20 seconds, have great defense. You force a tough contested mid range jumper and you give up the offensive rebound. And against the Lakers, you give up an offensive rebound. It's probably going to be an open three that's going to be made. So um, I, I feel pretty good about this matchup, Trevor. So the Knicks, uh, it's been four games now without uh, without Mitchell Robinson. They still have Julius Randle. They still have Isaiah Hartenstein. They still have some guys who can definitely hurt you on the glass. Um, but I think their powers there are going to be diminished without Robinson. And if you've got Anthony Davis, I think you're right. I think the Lakers should be okay. There's probably still going to be at least a few plays that are frustrating where the Knicks miss a, miss a shot. Like you said, the Lakers play great defense. They force a miss, and then they give the ball right back on, on the offensive glass. Um, but one of the things that I want to keep an eye on in this game, because both Knicks shows that I was on, said the problem the Knicks have been having has been teams blowing up against them from three. And I'm looking at their stats right now, and uh, teams are shooting 37.7% from deep against them on the season. Now, the Lakers, their number has gotten much worse recently as some teams have shot very well from them against deep. They're, uh, they're 37% now, which is 18th in the NBA in opponents' three-point percentage. That's not good. Teams are starting to knock down outside shots against the Lakers. But the Knicks are 22nd in the NBA right now in opponents' three-point percentage. They give up a lot of open looks. That's been a problem. The Lakers, however, are still not a good three-point shooting team. They haven't been for a while. Now, Torian Prince is starting to come around. The Lakers are clawing their way up a little bit. They're now at 35% from deep which is 22nd in the NBA. So they are getting better. At one point, they Progress. were dead last. Do you think the Lakers have it in them, given that the Knicks' big weakness seems to be their three-point de defense, to really punish them from there? I think so. Um, I think, first off, if we're healthy, then the answer is yes. I think LeBron, D'Lo, Austin's turning it around. Torian has had this you know, KCP-esque uh, run recently where – we're all bashing on him, saying, oh, he stinks. And then he goes on this great run of shooting. But, yeah. I mean, the Knicks defensively over the past five games have been just nasty. Like, it's been bad in New York defensively. Last five games, in terms of offensive rating, the Knicks are great. They're the third best offense in terms of offensive rating. Mm -hmm. The Knicks defensively, though, are the worst defense in the NBA over the past five games. Um, they're... I'm, you can maybe equate that to Mitchell Robinson. Let's see where they're on the season. On the season, the Knicks are 15th. So they're still middle of the pack, including the last five. So imagine where they were with uh, Mitchell Robinson. Mm -hmm. So I, I think this could be a big game for AD. I'm not, you know, shooting. This isn't going to be like the preseason. I don't want this to be like the preseason where the Lakers just start jacking up shots. Like they were just letting them fly in the preseason. They had a game yeah. where they took, what, 53s, I think. Um, but I think you could definitely punish this team, I think, from the point of attack and on driving kickout threes. Expect a big game from Torian. D'Lo off the ball. LeBron's been elite on catch and shoot. I want to say it was a, he's a 45% catch and shoot three-point shooter this season. 
and he's got a, a pretty decent sample size of catch and shoot threes. Um, so I, I do think the Lakers, if, if they are healthy, they should be able to punish that from the uh, from the the Knicks. And I, I just don't think this is a 35% three-point shooting team. I think that number is going to keep rising, not by a lot, but I think it's going to keep going up. All right. Well, hopefully you're right, Torian Prince, by the way, is shooting 51% from deep in the month of December. Um, Merry Christmas indeed for, for Torian Prince, who has suddenly found his shot. Hopefully that's something that continues because he could have a big game if indeed the Knicks do continue to struggle with defending behind the three-point line. D'Lo, of course, needs a bounce back in a bad way. He's had, what, five probably bad games? Not even looking at the percentages. Just feels like he's been a bit shaky and then missed last game. So I'm hoping we get a bounce back from D'Angelo Russell in this one. Um, I guess the big question, what do the Lakers do with Jalen Brunson? He, I mean, he had a game recently where he scored 50 points. Defending him is going to be really important. The Knicks are coming off a loss to the Clippers. You had one job, Knicks. You couldn't handle that. Come on. But um, the Knicks uh, are, are going to be motivated to try to win this thing. What can the Lakers do to slow down Jalen Brunson? And how much of it is Cam Reddish? A lot of it is Cam Reddish. But I, and we talked about this. Or I know I've said in the past. When you're facing a team with one, I don't even want to say elite, but one great perimeter player. I mean, Randall's fine. Or Randall's a good player. Um, RJ is probably the you know definition of average. But, you know, if you have this one really, really high-level offensive player from the perimeter and you're facing the Lakers, okay, cool. Cam Rush is guarding you, right? Cam Rush, you get 20 minutes of Cam Rush. Ooh, you would think the other 18 minutes or so you get a break, you get D'Angelo Russell. No, you go from Cam Rush to Jared Vanderbilt. And I think what's so cool and why I like the idea of, of having one star, one come off the bench, mm-hmm. is they both play like a different style defensively right i think they both have their different strengths defensively which like go hand in hand together pretty nicely like cam reddish is like a defensive playmaker so like if you want to use a football reference cam reddish is like a cornerback that is just a ball hawk he's gonna get uh-huh. all this so the cowboy who's the cowboys corner is it deron bland that has like yeah. 10 pick sixes this season or maybe mm-hmm. that's a lot but you get my point that's Cam Reddish, where he's going to get all the deflections. He's going to create havoc with just his his hands, his pestiness. And Jared Vanderbilt is just the lockdown Darrell Rebus Island. He's going to make life hell for you. You're not going to go. You're not going to throw it to him. He's not going to get the picks right, but he's going to get. You're going to feel his impact um, because he, he can face guard you. He's an elite face guarder where he can just deny the ball at a super high level, make it tough for you, has great hands, great length and size as well. He's what, six? I mean, they said he's 6'10 now. That's what they said in the offseason, at least. But 6'10 in air quotes with that size, with his his length, his agility. We saw him pick up Tyrese Halliburton in full court. We saw him guard step in the Western Conference semifinals last year, full court. And I think that will eventually tire some of these guys out. So I think the Lakers have two guys that can – really come combat and try to slow down Jalen Brunson at a pretty high level. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not really that worried. And maybe it's just because I trust cam and I trust Vando that, that much. You know, what worries me the most. It's that Foul trouble. No, it's that Help. Darvin ham will not put cam or Vando on him. Oh at my all time. God. He's going to do Torian Prince. Exactly. Exactly. So- Sean, that, that is my fear right there. That it's going to be Torian Prince. 
on on Brunson, and I will be very upset because I agree with you one hundred percent. I think the entire the, if you can do it, assuming that you don't have foul trouble, the entire forty eight minutes should be Vando and Cam Reddish. Make Brunson see long arms, quick guys that are that are bigger than him, that are on the perimeter, that can defend, and make him work the entire game. That's what you need to do with Jalen Brunson. And my fear is that it's going to wind up being Torian Prince for a decent amount of time, and then it's going to be Cam on R.J. Barrett. That's that I. Jared Vanderbilt's going to come I, in and guard. I feel like that's a legit fear. Jared Vanderbilt's going to come in and guard Dante DiVincenzo, and I'm going to lose oh. my mind on playback. <laughs> oh no! Oh man, that's that's wild. Um, okay, here's here's something to cheer us right back up, though. Um, the point I made about LeBron in terms of catch and shoot threes or whatever in the NBA, out of every player that's had at least 55 catch and shoot possessions this season, LeBron is tied for 20th in the NBA in terms of catch and shoot three point percentage at 45.2 percent. He's tied with like Joel Embiid. Aaron Neesmith, Cam, he's ahead of Cam Johnson, Cat, Isaiah Joe, he's ahead of him, Ooh. Kyrie, Desmond Bain, uh, Paul George, Mikel. But like LeBron's been uh, the pull up three and the pull up mid range hasn't been always there this season, but the catch and shoot three has been money all year. So there's something to uh to get us back happy and not think about the the dark timeline where that's somehow a possible timeline where Darvaham starts touring prints on Jalen Brunson. It's going to happen. I'm I feel bad for Torian. Like I really yeah, do. Like, that's I that's not like, in his wheelhouse. That's not, not his what job. he's best at. It's not oh. fair. Um, Torian gets so much slander on Twitter because he's not a good defender. It's like, bro, we're, we're putting him on Kevin Durant for a considerable minutes. What do you expect? Uh, it's not even, it's not even fair to him with, with what he's being asked to do there. You're asking him to be something that he's not. You're asking him to be a lockdown point of attack defender. And that's really not what he is, but you have um, two of them. What are we asking him to do this for? <laughs> Makes no sense. Uh, I hope that's not what we see. But, um, the other thing in this, our old friend, Julius Randall has been playing really good basketball lately. In fact, the month of December, 60% from the field, 40% from three, Seven and a half rebounds, over five assists, 27 points. That's what he's averaging right now. Uh, I, I would imagine LeBron will be his primary defender, and he's gonna have to have to handle him most of the game. That's that's not gonna be easy. That this matchup could wear out LeBron a little bit unless the Lakers can figure out something else. The problem is, like, let's say you switch, you're not gonna switch AD onto him. Okay, you switch Torian Prince onto him, and, and Randall's just gonna we're going to bowl right through him. It kind of has to be LeBron that, that deals with Randall most of the game, I think. Does it? Well, who else? Is, I mean, if it's Vando, then he's not on Brunson. Okay, hold on. Who hold on. You, well, let's who let's you go through the starting five. Your starting five, the past couple of games, at least since the injury, has been uh-huh. Brunson, DiVincenzo, RJ Barrett, Jer- uh, Julius Randall, and Jericho Sims. Right. So I'm saying the starting lineup, do you go AD on Randall? Let LeBron be a helper on Jericho Sims, Maybe. who's 
not going to be in a ton of action anyway. Now, when you go to Harnstein, maybe you could actually do probably the same thing and just go Braun on Harnstein. Um, but then AD on Randall in the starting five, Cam on Brunson. I probably do Torian on RJ and then D'Lo on DiVincenzo. Now, if you do that, you're taking away Anthony Davis as the help side defender to come over where it, where Randall can struggle sometimes to get the ball up over shot blockers. Sure. So maybe, but again, if he does get, if, if, if AD is coming over and he's coming off of Hardenstein or Sims or whoever, then all Randall's got to do is get the ball on the backboard and it's a dunk for, for that player. So I, I think you may be onto something there. Maybe you do that. Um, at least for a stint, because yeah, I think I think you can mix it up a little bit there. My argument also would be is that I'd be more inclined to maybe use AD as a weak side helper if this was a great like finishing team. The Knicks, per cleaning the glass, are the third worst team in terms of accuracy at the realm. They're at only at 61.4%. Mm. Uh the Lakers is a defense. Hold on one sec. The Lakers defensively, they allow 64%, which is ninth best. So, like, that's not too far off. So, basically, what I'm thinking is you basically kind of just play a one-on-one with limited rim help because the Knicks, they are a really, really good three-point shooting team. Uh, I want to say last time I checked, Clean the Glass has them at top 10, essentially, for um, three-point accuracy offensively. That basically tracks out with, like, NBA.com. Yeah, they're seventh on uh, cleaning the glass in terms of three-point shooting, seventh above the break, 12th from the corner at 40%. Then, so it, Just in terms of flat percentage, they're at 38%, which is fifth in the NBA. Yeah, so limit the, the help at the rim because this isn't a good team finishing at the rim anyway. And, I mean, the, if you do want to help, help off of Jericho Sims, which I guess kind of goes hand. I guess we're kind of making the same point. It's just who do you want out there? Mm-hmm guarding randall so i don't know and, it really doesn't matter that much yeah i think it could wind up being hardenstein that gets the nod or that winds up being the guy that plays more minutes but regardless it's going to be sims and hardenstein manning most of the, the minutes in the middle without mitchell robinson there for new york um sean this is going to be an interesting matchup i think i i think that the knicks have ways they can hurt the lakers but looking big picture i know we're going to do our weekly breakdown video for our all-star tier uh, channel members. That's going to be coming out uh, today as well. But looking at the week ahead for these Lakers, I kind of feel like this is one of the games you need to win. Like you've got the Knicks, you go to the Bulls, then second night of a back-to-back, you go to Minnesota. Now Bulls on the road, second night of a back-to-back Minnesota, then OKC on the road. So this little three-game road trip, again, Lakers back for a short amount of time, back home, then right back out on the road. That's frustrating. But if you're going to, like, I'm looking at this week thinking if they can go two and two, I think I might be okay with that. But I'm not banking on getting a win in OKC, and I'm certainly not banking on beating the Wolves on the second night of a back-to-back on the road. Yeah. Um, if you asked me about a week ago without looking into the next game at all, I would have said, eh, you can, you can maybe lose that game. Like I wouldn't be too mad at that. This is, I mean, they got some good dudes. So if you lost because of Jalen Brunson going nuts, I mean, I probably wouldn't be too mad, but I'm kind of at the point where this is a must win. Like, I don't think this next team is great. Like, I mean, like I said, Randall's a good player. Brunson's awesome. 
but I just think you're better. I just think you're a better team than the Knicks. I don't think without Mitchell that, I mean, we, we discussed it. Their, their defense has really taken a hit. They don't finish well enough at the rim, which kind of plays right into what the, the Lakers alley. Anyway, you got to win this game. Go beat the Knicks. And rise of right now, while we're recording this, the Lakers are a four and a half point favorite. So I think that tells you the confidence that LeBron and AD, while they're listed as questionable, they're going to be a go um, for this game. Yeah. Okay. Well, should be a fun game. Hopefully everybody will come join us over on playback, playback.tv slash Lakers nation, hang out during the game. We'll have a good time, watch some basketball together and uh, talk hoops throughout. It's a lot of fun. So come join us there. If you're over on the YouTube channel right now, click that join button, check out the YouTube channel membership program. Again, we're going to be dropping the weekly preview, which goes out to our, our all-star tier each week and all kinds of extra special uh, treats for our, our YouTube channel members. So check that out. Great way to support the channel. And then over on Apple Podcasts, if you wouldn't mind giving us a five-star rating and review, it's another way to another great way to help out the show. Sean, this should be fun. Fingers crossed we need to bounce back from that awful Spurs game and get a win. You think the Lakers get it done? Yeah, I, I think the Lakers are able to pull this one out. Need it for All sure. Right. All right, let's do it. I'm, I'll, I'll go the same way. I'm going to say yes. The Lakers beat the Knicks tonight. But Lakers Nation, give me your thoughts in the comments down below. Over on the channel, give us your thoughts in the review section uh, on the podcast side. Till next time, everybody. See ya. And stay safe. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.